0: This morning we want to uh, move into the second spiritual discipline, and this is uh, Bible intake. This is uh, one of the most foundational of all the spiritual disciplines, and uh, so we want to look at that in two parts, this week and then next week. Last week we looked at how God created us and redeemed us in Christ so that we might worship Him in all of our lives, so that... All of our lives are about worship, not just when we come together as a church, although that is very important, it's vital to our spiritual existence, but also with everything that we do, that we offer up our bodies as living sacrifices. And, uh, and the, these disciplines that are necessary in order for us to worship require work on our part. Philippians 2:12 and 13 tell us that we must work out our salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work within us both to will and to do of His good pleasure, to work of His good pleasure. And so uh, we want to think about the spiritual disciplines in light of our responsibility. Paul says that I must discipline my body and make it my slave so that I might attain godliness. Godliness doesn't come by accident. No one's ever fallen backwards into godliness. No one's ever kind of just slid backwards into it. Uh, Just like I've mentioned before, no one's ever kind of just stumbled into the elite forces of the military. It happens with great effort and work, and the same thing is true with godliness. And so we want to talk about Bible intake this morning. And um, let me begin with a word of prayer and ask God to help us as we do. Father, we need you. We need you every hour. And so we pray that you would grant us your mercy as, you, as we open your word and as we look at several different passages of Scripture. Uh, may we understand the importance of the Scripture for our own individual lives and our lives as a corporate body of believers, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Why is, why is Bible intake so important? This week we're going to examine this fundamental, uh, foundational, spiritual discipline. And it is to hear and to read God's Word. And next week we're going to look at some other aspects of it, like memorization and and meditation on God's Word. But we want to primarily focus on hearing and reading this morning. And what what you need to understand is that how good you are at Bible intake is going to affect how good you are at the other spiritual disciplines. You're not going to be good at prayer if you're not good at Bible intake. You're not going to be good at at stewardship and evangelism and cultivating the fruit of the Spirit and service if you're not good at Bible intake. So this is foundational in the sense that it it actually helps build all the other aspects uh, of our Christian spiritual uh, life are disciplines that are necessary. In his book, um, Spiritual Disciplines, Don Whitney recounts a visit to East Africa when he encountered a, a church that was made up of professing believers, people who had a missionary come by, preach the gospel to them, they accepted Christ, uh, they made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ. And then he came to to work with this church and try to see where they were spiritually. And he found out that they were a church made up of liars and thieves, and sexually immoral people, and even among the leaders in the church. The missionaries had started the church, but they didn't give the people any Bibles. They didn't have, apparently, any Bibles for, for them to, to use. And so they were working, this church was working off of, you know, like half a dozen sermons that they had heard and just remembered from, from hearing, loosely derived from Bible story recollections. And so what Whitney determined there is that w- without God's Word, the people at the church had no idea how they were to live as Christians. You know, we, we understand that no one can come to Christ apart from the Word of God. They have to have the Word of God in order to have spiritual life. But what but we also see in that example, and I think it's clear in the Scriptures as well, I think it supports his point, is that we can't have... Spiritual existence apart from the Word of God. We can't live by bread alone, as Jesus said. So, why is the Bible so critical for the Christian life? Turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. Number one, God gives us new birth through the Scripture. God gives us new birth through the Scripture. Would someone read verse
1: 23?
0: Alright, so there's the point I just made, that we can't have spiritual life. We can't come to faith in Jesus Christ apart, apart from... The living and enduring Word of God, as Peter says. Christianity is a revealed religion that God has to reveal Himself to us in history through His promises, through His acts, through His spoken Word. And those actions and and those words have to be interpreted properly in order for a person to come to Christ. This is what God has done to us. He He promised a Savior in the Old Testament, and then Jesus came in the New Testament. And the New Testament records and helps interpret. It's interesting that the first four books of the New Testament are all Gospels. It simply just states what happens with Jesus coming. And then when you get into the epistles and and the book of Acts and so on, you start to have interpretation of what that cross meant. What, What did it mean that Jesus did this on the earth? What did it mean that He died on the cross and that He raised from the dead? And so now you have an interpretation of that. And and that's true of every kind of proper revelation. It always is accompanied by a proper interpretation. When God speaks, He sends someone to, to help interpret what, what He's talking about. And that's what He did with Jesus Christ as well. Scripture is God-breathed. It's It's God's Word and it's His revelation to us. It reveals to us about how holy and just God is, how His character is. it's necessary for us to understand His character and the judgment that's resulting from our sin and the the, uh, subsequent payment that has been made for those who trust in Christ. Alright, so the new birth can only come through the Scripture. Number two, our sustenance only comes through the Scripture. God sustains us in the Christian life. Look at chapter 2. And
1: would someone read
0: verse two, okay, in the book of Hebrews, the image of of milk and newborn babes is actually a negative one. It is by now you should be eating meat, but you're still you're still on the milk, but here it's actually a positive illustration of how we ought to long for it, like the baby cannot get away from his mother. He has to be near her. He has to have the sustenance that comes from her. And that's the way that we ought to be with the Word of God, that we ought to long for the pure milk of the Word, that is, we cannot have spiritual, uh, uh, meaningful spiritual existence apart from it. And uh, that's, that's the point that, that Peter is making. Can I have a couple of volunteers uh, to look up some more references here for us? Raise your hand and I'll give you a verse. Jonathan, Deuteronomy eight three. Paul, Jeremiah fifteen, sixteen, Deuteronomy eight three, Jeremiah fifteen, sixteen, and then someone else. Mike, first Thessalonians two thirteen. And then one more. Ken, first Corinthians two, fourteen. So Deuteronomy eight three, Jeremiah fifteen, sixteen, first Thessalonians two, thirteen and 1 Corinthians 2.14. So the analogy of God's Word being what sustains us is used over and over again. It communicates the idea of sustenance and satisfaction. So Jonathan, would you read Deuteronomy 8.3? Alright, so there's the idea again of our need to be sustained by the Word of God and to be satisfied in it. Just as we need a regular diet of food to keep us physically healthy, so we also need to feed daily on God's Word in order to stay spiritually healthy. And um, the food that, that satisfies us in our physical bodies only satisfies us temporarily. But learning our God actually has a etern- uh, learning from the word of God actually has eternal value for us jeremiah fifteen sixteen
1: okay
0: uh, i think uh the apostle John says something very similar when uh he's he's uh forced to eat the scroll and initially it it's um it's bitter, but then in, is it bitter first and then it or sweet, sweet like honey when he when he eats it, and then when it gets into his stomach, it's bitter. And I think that's the symbol symbolism of the judgments that are coming coming. That there's a sense of both a, a bitterness and a sweetness to them. And and that's the same thing with the word of God. It has an effect that actually satisfies our soul. So so. Um, we must have Bible intake. It is necessary for our very lives as Christians. We we can't do without it. Any questions on this first section? All right, let's uh, look at the next section, which is uh, preparing to receive the Word. Before we think about the various ways of Bible intake, we need to consider some conditions that, that, that are necessary for us in order to profit from our Bible intake. How can we profit from the, the Scriptures coming to us? So, number one, we must rep, have reverence for Scripture. We must revere Scripture. It is God's Word. Therefore, it's infallible, it's sufficient, and it's authoritative, and we must see it as such. We must approach the Bible not in a flippant or careless manner, but instead we, we must emulate uh, the Christians in Thessalonica. Mike, would you read First Thessalonians two thirteen? All right. So you didn't receive the. The word when it was preached to you, you didn't receive it as just another word from another man, but you received it as the word of God. They revered the word of God to the effect that, that, that it changed the way that they were responding to it. So there was a reverence for the word of God. And this is the type of condition that's necessary for us to profit from the intake of God's word. The second, um, the second condition is humility and dependence upon God humility and dependence upon God. We need to be humble and to recognize that only the Spirit can illumine our minds. Sometimes we think that when we come to Christ, we kinda, we've been moved into a place of spirituality, and now we don't need to depend upon God as much. And so, yeah, we offer up prayers, but they don't really do a whole lot. But actually, we need to be humble and, and dependent upon God, recognizing that apart from the Spirit, removing the blinders from our eyes then we're going to naturally have an inclination against what the Scriptures have to say. And so we need this Holy Spirit to to shape our minds. Would someone read, uh, whoever has, 1 Corinthians 2.14. Consider the psalmist in Psalm 119 who says, Open my eyes that I may see the wonderful things in your law. How how could a Christian, a believer in that case, how could a believer pray something like that? Open my eyes. What What is he, trying to come to Christ? No, he's saying as a believer, I still have blinders. I still have my vision blurred to the things of God, and I need the Spirit to open my eyes so that I will see. And so humility is necessary for us in order to properly profit from the the uh, intake of God's word, and that's obviously seen most clearly in our prayers. are we praying for God to open our eyes when we when we come under the hearing of God's Word? and then number three, the third condition of being able to properly receive the Word of God is a heart that is receptive. it's a heart that's receptive towards god's toward God's word in the parable of the sower Jesus likens a receptive heart to the good soil. When the seed of the word is sown in, in that kind of heart, it takes root and it bears fruit. It is a receptive heart. It has the, the proper nutrients within it in order to, to accept what's what's spread, which in that case is the seed of the word of God. James exhorts us to be doers of the word and not hearers only. It's much more than just hearing the word of God. We have to have a proper heart that's willing to allow it to to, uh, to seep in, to change us. So the Bible instructs us and it transforms us. And, and the goal is that it causes us to grow in conformity to Christ through a changed life. So we need the Word of God. We can't live without it spiritually. And these are some ways in which we can properly receive the Word of God. And so now we want to turn our attention to the, the various intake methods. How can we think about the way that the Word of God can can come into our lives? Before we move on to that, though, do you have any questions or comments? Yeah, Ken. I just was reading last night about Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um that yeah, we should treat that like salt. You wouldn't sit down and eat a whole plate of salt. Those things should be sprinkled. They have their place, but they should be
0: sprinkled
1: lightly. Yeah. And hmm. if we spend more time doing that we're not
0: gonna do that. Yeah, the primary meat, so to speak, is is the word of God, that's the point I think, right? Yeah, those other things God has given those things to us, you know, within the context the boundaries of scripture, obviously. But God has given all things richly to enjoy, so yeah, enjoy them like you'd enjoy you know a little bit of salt on your food but but ultimately, yeah that's good that's good illustration. all right, any other thoughts or comments all right three three Bible intake methods we want to look at this morning, number one um and this is the easiest of all, Don Whitney says this is the easiest spiritual discipline uh that you could possibly be a part of, and it is to hear God's Word. For most of us, disciplining ourselves to hear God's Word means developing the practice of regular attendance, of, the, of joining a church where the Bible is faithfully preached. So, it's the easiest in the sense that um, it doesn't require as much effort on your part as it does uh, many of the other spiritual disciplines. Preaching is a means of grace that God has set up and is good for His people. Throughout the Bible, God uses the public teaching of His Word to communicate His truth to His people. We, we see this taking place in Deuteronomy. You know, Before Israel crosses the Jordan to take possession of the Promised Land, Moses stands up and teaches the people about God's Word of their salvation and their history so that they don't forget, so they know who who this God is that they serve. A similar event takes place in in um Nehemiah. Would you turn there Nehemiah chapter 8? Before Job, Psalms, Esther, Nehemiah, Esther, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, excuse me. Nehemiah 8 8 Ezra and the priests appear before the people and what do they do? Look at verse 8. They read from the book from the law of God translating to give the sense so that they understand, that they understood the reading. So they take the Word of God, they read it, and then they explain it to the people. And so, not only Moses, Ezra, the pattern continues uh, in the Old Testament with the prophets and so on, and then you get to the New Testament, you have the resurrected Christ appearing to Peter and urges him to do what? Three times, remember, he said to Peter, Do you love me, Peter? If you do, then do what? Feed my sheep, feed my lambs, right? And I think he was referring there to the faithful teaching of the Word of God, which was going to be a very important part, a very central part to Peter's life from then on. So Jesus telling, you know, of the short time that he had following his resurrection, he uses some of it to tell Peter to make sure that you keep preaching the Word. Preach the Word of God to God's people. Again, in 1 Timothy 4.13, Paul exhorts Timothy to devote himself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. And then in Ephesians 4.11-13, God gifted the church with pastors and teachers, or I actually think that's one office, a pastor-teacher, in order to, to minister the Word to the people for the strengthening of the body of Christ. And so, God has gifted churches with men who are capable of doing this and your responsibility is to hear them doing this hear them preaching recognize that 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 pastor teachers are gifts to the church and they will help you to to intake the scriptures to take the scriptures in and um should also encourage you to uh discipline your own self to to um to further growth in godliness. So I would encourage you that if you don't make it a regular pattern pattern to hear the word of God often and carefully that that you make that the case because this is one of the easiest of all the spiritual disciplines. And I'm thankful for parents myself who who were at every single service. And I didn't see the value of that at the time, but I but I see it now because just being under the hearing of God's word uh, what tends to happen is not that, and we're going to—I'm going to read a quotation for you later on that kind of points this out—is we don't really see the change immediately when we, you know, when we sit under the hearing of God's word, week after week, service after service, we don't see any change. But that's usually not the way change happens. Think about how you eat physically, right? Right, right when you eat a hamburger, it doesn't you don't necessarily see the change, you know? I mean, sometimes we joke about the stretchy pants and all that, but um, but generally it's not like you know a, a huge transformation. You think of like a baby going from a baby to a to a to a child and and growing taller and things. It happens over a long period of time, just faithful eating of healthy food, and that's the way it is with with the spiritual life. We we need to just have regular times where we're just sitting under the hearing of God's word. And amazingly, God shapes us just slowly and almost imperceptibly uh, to the point where we, we are growing in Christ. Um, Jesus would, would often say, let him who has a, an ear, let him hear. And I think what he's referring to is the idea that the Spirit actually gives people an ear to be able to hear and respond properly to his word. So, So listen very carefully to what I have to say. So, what are some practical ways in which we can devote ourselves to hearing God's Word? That was a preview. Um, Some practical ways that we can devote ourselves to hearing God's Word. Well, there's lots of things that we can do to hear God's Word. One is just make it a pattern of your life to be a part of this class. This is a class that I call Spiritual Success. It started in 2009 and and intends to go probably through... um, the next couple of years, and then we'll we'll, um, we'll go from there but but we're trying to just do a systematic study through the scriptures and and some of the various topics that will will face us as Christians and so be a part of that. The Wednesday evening Bible study is a good source of spiritual food where you can learn from from god's word in a in a uh, in a little bit more informal setting, one which you know allows for questions and so on like that. Um, the main meal of hearing God's Word that happens throughout the week, though, is, it comes in the Sunday morning service and certainly Sunday evening service as well. We ought to think of the sermons um, as a spiritual feast for our souls, where God actually provides for us the food of His Word and allows us to, to just feast on it. In order for us to profit from this preaching and this teaching, we ought to prepare ourselves to hear the Word. And again, remember... it it requires humility on our part. And so what did I say that goes along with humility? What do we need to do in order, if we're humble? I said it really quickly. Let's see if you're paying attention. What was it? We need to pray, right? We need to pray. So along with your wanting to hear God's Word, then you need to be humbly depending upon God through prayer. So pray for the services. Pray for the specific passage to actually shape you. You know what's going to be preached each time. So pray that that's going to actually shape you and and help you to understand that God would help you to understand it. Uh, this also includes getting enough rest the night before so that we're not tired or distracted during the morning service or whatever service we're a part of. Another thing that we can do to help, practical way to, that we can devote ourselves to hearing God's word is just to be on time. Uh you know when we when we are late, we tend to be thinking about all the things that just happened and uh, you know, trying to get here and things like that. But when we're on time, we have time to settle in. We have our time for our minds to calm down, to reflect a little bit, and to prepare our hearts for what we're about to do, which is to worship God. So be on time. Um, be an active and attentive list- listener. Obviously, that's going to come along with praying, resting, and being on time but be an active and attentive listener don't don't just sit back and think well as long as i'm under the hearing of the voice of the word of god then then it's going to magically change me well we actually know we need to not just be hearers of the word remember so doers only so think about it specifically with regard to my life what what do i need to do to change hearing god's word while it may be the easiest of the spiritual disciplines it is not passive okay so that's not what i wanted you to hear when when I said that it's the easiest, and I don't think that's what Whitney had in mind either, it's not passive. We have to come with eager anticipation. We have to think about ways in which we can apply it to our lives and grow in holiness and be transformed into the image of Christ. Another way, just a practical way we can devote ourselves to hearing God's Word is to uh, you know, take advantage of some of the recordings that we have on our website or through Ken. He'd be happy to make... Uh, CDs for you I'm sure so if you're going on a road trip you know and you need you, you know you need to kill some time so to speak one of the great ways to do that is just go through maybe a series or something of some some specific issue that you want to know more about or you feel like you're kind of weak on or maybe a maybe it was a sermon that really encouraged you well those are all on the website those are all um, at your disposal just two dollars each so just put that in my office be happy? No, just kidding. Those are free. Um, so, so take advantage of that. It'd be a good way to to continue to hear God's word. And certainly, there are lots of other great preachers that you can find on the internet as well. Um, some of you might have an audio Bible, and um, that's another great way to just hear the the um, the naked word of God. Just hear it at its its uh, very essence, and um, that that'd be another great way to. To hear God's word. Any comments or questions before we get to this next mysterious point, which you have no idea what it is? Biblegateway.com. BibleGateway.com is a good resource. You, yeah, you, you actually don't even have to purchase that. Um, what's the one that version. If you have a, a smartphone, version app is is I think the best Bible app that there is. And, um, you know, your Bible reading plan that you do, you'll find it on there. And and then you can just push play and you can listen to it while you're reading it or just listen to it if you like. So, yeah, there's lots of great resources out there. If you'd like to know about more of those, I'd be happy to to help in that way. Any Anything else? All right. Who guessed the next one? Read God's Word. So first we hear God's Word and... Secondly, we read, this is the second method of Bible intake. When we know the value of God's Word, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. So this is God speaking to us. If we really see that, that is God speaking to us, understand that value, then we will read God's Word. Whitney uh, came across a couple surveys. One Uh, suggested that 1 in 10 professing Christians don't read the Bible throughout the week, 1 in 10. Now, he admitted that that includes more the broader term of Christian than we would allow for, that is, greater Christendom, which would include Catholics. But he said he he found another uh, um, survey from Barna that said that it was probably about 25% of of uh Christians that actually read their Bible. Um that, that read their Bible every day. Twenty five percent read their Bible every day. Is that surprising to you? Um it may be if you read your Bible every day, but if you don't, it's probably not very surprising, right? And uh it's a um I, I think it's a sad uh it's a sad state in which we are if, we, if we're if we not reading God's Word on a regular basis. We do harm to our soul if we're not listening to God speak. Um, the Bible is of great value. It's God breathing His Word out to us infallibly and authoritatively. And... Um, so the Bible is sufficient. We can go to all sorts of other resources, and we can quickly go to them. When times of trouble come, we tend to go to the pre-digested resources. You know what I mean by that? Kind of like the parents who take the meat and they chew it up for their kids. And I don't know if any parents do that. but And then they give it to their kids so that they can swallow it. That, that's the idea. We tend to do that sort of thing. And that's not necessarily bad, but if that's all of the intake that we're receiving, that's all the food that we're getting, and we're in a sad state. We're in a sad spiritual condition. The, the Scriptures are sufficient, and we need to learn to read the Scriptures for ourselves. You know what 2 Timothy 3.17 says? That it will, it will uh, produce in us every good work. So if we, any work that needs to be done as a Christian, the Scriptures are sufficient to tell us what those things are. So we go to the Word and we read it. I wonder if Jesus came into this room, maybe He put on a little seminar and wanted to teach us on some topics and we had some questions at the end. I wonder how many times He might say something like He said to the Pharisees. Have you not read? Did you not read? in the Old Testament It's there. Just look at it. Read it. You know, But the Pharisees had turned so much to their traditions that they missed The pure milk of God's Word that was necessary for their very life. I hope that wouldn't be the case. And if the Spirit of God lives in you, certainly that would not be the case. But Jesus would often uh, point back to the Scriptures which He read. He was a great reader of Scripture. He knew them well. He would often say, it is written to answer questions, right? And we see the example in His temptation where three times Satan tempts Him with Scripture, yet... Not only did Jesus know the right interpretation of the Scripture that, that Satan was using, but he also came back with Satan with other Scripture that clearly identified the, what, what was at stake. He said, it is written. British preacher John Blanchard, Blanchard writes in his book, How to Enjoy Your Bible, Surely we only have to be realistic and honest with ourselves and know how regularly we need to turn to the Bible. How often do we face problems, temptation, and pressure? What would the answer to that be? Every day. Okay? So how often do we do that? And then here's his response. Then how often do we need instruction, guidance, and greater encouragement? Every day. To catch all these felt needs up into even greater issue, how often do we need to see God's face, hear His voice, feel His touch, know His power? And the answer is every day we need Him. I was reminded this week as I heard a... um, song that we've sung before, but a different rendition is really good. It was, um, I need the every hour. You know, I need the every hour. We might be able to sing that, but do we really mean that? I need the every hour, but I'll see you on Sunday. As the American evangelist D.L. Moody put it, a man can no more take in a supply of grace for the future than he can eat enough today to last him for six months. Right. Sometimes we think, well, if I just go to church and hear the Word of God, that'll be my meal for the whole week and that'll make me, I'll be okay for the rest of the week. And Moody says, no. It'd be like trying to eat and store up enough for six months. It doesn't work that way. Or he says, to take in sufficient air into our lungs in order to sustain our life for a week or longer. Right? And I'm just going to slowly breathe it out through a straw. It's not the way it works physically. It doesn't work that way spiritually. I think it's a great illustration of our spiritual life. We constantly need the word of God. It is the very source and the sustenance of our life. Don Whitney suggests three practical ways for consistent success in Bible reading. Okay, and you have them there for for you on your handout. Number one is take time. Make time to read God's Word. So If if this is a spiritual discipline, okay, I said the hearing part was the easy part. We just come to church and we actively engage our mind. This one is a little bit harder because we actually have to make time in our schedule to read God's Word. Don't just think, you know, if I have some time left over, then I'll read God's Word. That usually doesn't happen. And when it does, we tend to be too tired for it to have any effect on us. Now, I don't think it's a bad thing to read the Scriptures when you're tired. I think that's good. But if that's the only time you're reading the Scriptures, that's a problem. Okay, So if you tend to get really tired at 11 o'clock at night or whatever time, and that's the only time you're reading the Word, that's not good. Okay, Make another time when you have your greatest energy and use that to read God's Word. Make it a regular habit. If you make it a part of your schedule, then you will find it to be much easier than if you just kind of, well, just see how the day goes and then... Um, and we'll go from there. It's amazing how how quickly we could get through the Scriptures. If you took all the time that you watch TV in a given week and you replaced that with reading the Scriptures, I think you could get through the Scriptures in less than two months. The Scriptures take 71 hours to read at a normal pace. 71 hours. Not that I've done it in one sitting, but I know that because I have audio Bible and just total them all up 71 hours so if you did 10 hours a day or or 10 hours a week 10 hours a day would be a lot but 10 hours a week uh that's only you know i think i think we we might watch the news for longer than that so um replace that with bible reading and uh and and it'll be a helpful way for us to just hear god speak to us but More practically, I mean, most of us aren't going to give two hours a day to to reading. So more practically, you can get through the entire Bible in one year if you read 15 minutes a day. The Bible reading plan that we have out there is about two chapters a day. Some of you are using that, which is great. And it's developed by a person by the name of Robert Murray Machane, who is a Scottish preacher. And it was actually adapted by uh, Dr. Don Carson. He kind of split it in half and he made some meditations on each half. And the way that it's broken up is the New Testament, you're going through the New Testament one time every year and half of the Old Testament. So you can go through the whole New Testament, half of the Old Testament in about seven minutes a day. It's not a huge um that's not a huge requirement on on your part, but I think it would do a great service. Again, just like hearing the word of God, can't just just eat it all up all at once. Same thing happens with the reading of god's word you can't do it all at once just okay i'm just going to spend my saturday morning and since i didn't get anything done I mean, obviously that'd be better than nothing but but i think regular practice of doing this is is the best way to 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 read god's word number two find a bible reading plan all right i just mentioned the one that we have i think there are some out there you're welcome to take those got the date and the two chapters you need to read and and it would be a great way for you to get through the Bible and also be going along with other people in our church who are reading the same thing as you. So that would be a good way to do it. Number three, meditate on the Word of God. We'll talk about this more next week. All right, so three types of Bible intake. Hearing God's Word, reading God's Word, and then studying God's Word. If we think about reading God's Word like getting in a, a speedboat and going across the lake, we would get an overview of what the lake looks like. But studying of God's Word would be stopping in one place and and trying to understand the lake for its depth, trying to understand what's, what's in it. And uh, so both of those are good. Not, not one of them is better than the other. Both of those are good. Both of those are necessary. But that's the way we need to, to think about it. It's a more careful examination of the Word of God. So Ezra 7, 9 through 10 says that Ezra had begun his journey from Babylon on the first day of the month, and he arrived in Jerusalem on the first day of the fifth month, for the gracious hand of God was on him. For Ezra had devoted himself to the study and observance of the law of the Lord and to teaching it, its decrees and laws in Israel. God blesses those in a spiritual way, blesses those people who study the Word of God, who... Take time to to grasp its truth in a deeper way. I, I heard a, a an illustration of of the various levels of scripture, and, and I thought it was very appropriate. You know, when we look at the Word of God from one level, like reading it, we look at it probably from a higher level, like a thirty thousand foot level. It's like looking at the earth. From way up high, you see you know you see some tree lines and some farmland and some houses and so on. But then you come down a little bit closer and you start to look at it maybe just in a chapter and studying a chapter. Now you start to see it on the ground level. And then you can even get down a little bit closer and maybe look at it at a microscopic level and start to see some of the the uh the details behind the writings and so on. And and the truth is is that when we look at the earth in that way from a a a, a huge perspective, a, a bird's eye perspective and from on the ground and from a microscope, those are all truth. It's all true that what you see about the earth is part of the earth. That's all true. And so no matter what level you go to to look at the Scripture, it's all truth. It's all God showing you who He is from all these various levels that He, that he has in the Scripture. And that's how deep the Scriptures are. It's not just, you know, we just kind of, okay, we got the idea, sin judgment, you know, payment for sin, sacrifice, all that. We understand that. There's much more to it. Get down into the details. And that's why I love going through books like Leviticus and seeing some of the details behind the sacrifices in the Old Testament and so on. Ezra did this, and he received great blessing. I think you will as well. Secondly, second example is Acts 17.11. Remember the Bereans? They were of more noble character than the Thessalonians because they received the message with great eagerness. That goes back to that receptiveness, the receptive heart, the humble heart that's ready to receive the word. And they examined the Scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. So what makes the Bereans more noble than the Thessalonians? They examined the Scriptures every day. They thought about it. They meditated on it. They studied it. Is Paul saying truth here? I mean, with a healthy skepticism here? That's a good thing to to question my teaching, my preaching. You you ought to be doing that in a a healthy sort of way, not in a cynical way, obviously. And when there is error in it, I would hope that the, the Bereans would approach Paul and say, Paul, you know, what you're saying is not true. And I hope you would do the same thing for me, that you would come and approach me in a loving way, and say, listen, what you're saying, I don't think it fits with the rest of Scripture. All right, five helpful questions to ask when we study the Bible. I'll let you look at that. We have a whole series uh, that I've taught on studying the Bible in this uh, class on spiritual success. So if you'd like that resource, um, you would do well to, to, um, to use that. All right, let's move to application, and then we'll, we'll be done. And the, application, the applications this morning are twofold. Number one, our growth in godliness depends. That was the very first point that I made, that it is necessary. It depends on our Bible intake. Jesus prayed to the Father, Father, would you make them holy? Would you make believers holy through your truth? Because your word is truth. Okay, the only way that we're going to be made holy is, is through the Word of God. We'll see that a little bit more this morning when we look at Philippians. What steps, number two, what steps can you take to improve your Bible intake? You, is there anything that kind of just gripped you or the Spirit of God this morning? just, And you know, that, that that needs to change in your life. That's a little bit weak. Is there something that gripped you? Is there something that you need to be more committed to, whether it be the hearing or the reading or the studying of God's Word? Here's this quotation I mentioned I was going to read. It's from pastor, uh, a Welsh pastor, Jeffrey Thomas. And uh, he, he leaves us with some wisdom on how to approach Bible intake. And with this, we'll we'll close. He says, Do not expect to master the Bible in a day or a month or a year. Rather, expect to be often puzzled by its contents. It is not all equally clear. Great men of God often feel like absolute novices when they read the Word. The Apostle Peter said that there were some things that were hard to understand in the epistles of Paul. And this preacher says, I'm glad he wrote those words because I have felt that often. So do not expect always to get an emotional charge or a feeling of quiet peace when you read the Bible. By the grace of God, you may expect that to be a frequent experience, but often you will will get no emotional response at all. Let the word break over your heart and mind uh, again and again let 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 me start over let let the word break over your heart and mind again and again as the years go by and imperceptibly there will come great things in your attitude and outlook and conduct you will probably be the last to recognize them often you'll feel very very small because increasingly the God of the Bible will become wonderfully great have you seen some change in your life as a result of your bible intake that's happened over a long period of time, well, then stay committed to it. If, if you haven't seen any change in your spiritual life, then you need to be more committed to it. And I think we all have room for improvement, certainly. But, but um, these are great um, words of exhortation for all of us to be thinking very carefully about this very vital, this increasingly vital uh, necessity in our lives, which is the Word of God. Any thoughts or questions in closing?
1: Yes, Bill. I get an opportunity to talk to a lot of people that like to press And it seems like that about 85% of the Lebanon and Israel have agreed, and 15% really understand what it means to press the so, Yeah. do not go to any church anywhere. They block and roll <laughs> and other things will go with it. And you nope. say, come on, go to church. I'm, I'm saying, I'm just go. Yeah. It's like, it's not real to them. I mean, his death and resurrection is not real. They just don't seem to understand. Yeah. That's yeah, good to, uh, yeah
0: right ought to be a part of who we are uh um, yeah it's good uh it's a good illustration of uh you know the blindedness that is out in the blindness that is out in the world uh with regard to spiritual things, especially in our country with our history things i think we of all people can just kind of assume or we could say justify our actions and um, and yet it requires a very real spiritual relationship between us and God and part of a relationship is talking and listening. So, I mean, it would be silly of us to come home to our spouse or parents or whatever and not talk to them and then tell everybody we have this great relationship with them. Well, or not listen to them speak. So, um... I think the same thing is true with our God that we need to have a vital communication uh level of communication with him. All right, let's pray and we'll uh, be dismissed. Thank you for your attention and for your input. Lord, thank you for your grace in in revealing yourself to us in in your word and we would not know uh as much as we know. We would not know you as clearly as we know you now apart from your word. We're thankful for the faithful men throughout history who have written it down uh, on your behalf and for many more who have worked to copy it and preserve it and to translate it into our language. I can't imagine what it would be like to live in a culture where there was not a, a, a copy of the Scriptures in my language. And so I'm thankful for that. I pray that you'd help us, each of us to take advantage of the resources that you've given us and that we would take seriously our relationship with You and um, go against these terrible statistics that that uh, speak against Christians and their relationship with God. We want to be people who have a, a serious relationship with You, and um, so we pray that You give us grace. In Jesus' name, amen.